then your heart will be changed. And then I think these rules, they just, the emphasis on them just kind of, it's not that important anymore. Our lives become this reflection of Jesus because we're focused on him. We're loving one another. And at that point, we don't need those rules as much as we think we do. That the Jews, they were thinking, everybody needs to follow these. Everybody needs to do those. I don't think, I don't think it, it's not that important anymore. What they needed is they needed Jesus. They needed Jesus in their lives. Jesus didn't say, follow me and follow all these rules. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24 through 25. It says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life will, will, for me will find it. I don't see anything about rules in that. So will we follow rules by following Jesus? I, yeah, I think we're going to follow some rules when we follow Jesus, but, but that's because our heart is changing. And that's just part of what happens when, when we focus on Jesus. Like, we just change. And I, I think that these rules, they don't necessarily seem like rules anymore. Or they, they don't look like rules anymore because our lives have changed. So the, we are just focusing on Jesus. And I think we're just, then we begin to just love one another as we follow Jesus. Because Jesus has come. Jesus has come. He's saying, follow me. Not this shadow anymore. Paul isn't done with this. I think there's some other questions he asks. He says, do I think, do rules move us closer to Jesus? Do the rules move us closer to Jesus? Now, I think I've said this before, but I can be pretty stubborn. I, I've got a stubborn streak in me. So early on in my marriage, I was um, a lot more stubborn than I am now. And there would be something to come up in our, in our marriage we'd disagree about. It'd be something about a rule. There'd be a rule that I was following because I was, you know, look at me. I'm the rule follower. You, Kim, you don't follow rules. You. I wouldn't concede a thing. I'd say, I, I'm the rule follower, not you. Like, I'm doing this rule and you, you know. And so I would, by doing that, what am I doing? I'm moving myself further and further away from her. Like, I could go days and weeks, long time without talking to her, just saying, yep, you're a rule breaker. I want nothing to do with you. You start following the rules, and yeah, we, I'll start talking to you. What am I doing? Puffing myself up with pride. Puffing myself like, look at me. Look at me. Look how good I am at following these rules. And Kim's just moving further and further away. And you know what the rule was? It's probably something like putting the cap back on the toothpaste. It's a really important rule. But in this story... Was I moving closer to God? I, I hope you said no, because I wasn't. I wasn't moving anywhere close. I wasn't moving closer to anybody but myself. Because I was, yeah, Paul was, says in this, is like, I was full of false humility, puffing myself with idle notions by my unspiritual mind. This is how Paul words it. He says, do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what you have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. Now, I wasn't worshiping angels in this. 
but I was kind of worshiping myself because I was so proud of myself for following those rules. Following that rule of putting the cat back on the toothpaste. <laughs> look at how good I am at following this rule. Kim, yeah, look how bad you are. Now, you see, this Church of Colossae, as I mentioned, this group of people, this group of people with this special knowledge, they're saying, I've seen angels. I've seen all this stuff, and, and I'm going to start worshiping these angels, and then I'm going to start doing this and going to these festivals, following these rules, and I'm going to puff up myself with pride because you guys, you guys don't follow these rules, but look at me. Look at me. I'm this great rule follower. Kind of the flesh feeding the flesh. Rules are feeding the flesh. Rules and this knowledge distracting them from Jesus. Now in verse 19, it's when you really think about this, Paul gets a little graphic in this one. This is verse 19. It says, They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinew, grows as God causes it to grow. Paul's saying, you know what, you people that follow, just follow these rules, have this knowledge, and you let other people know, you, you don't know Jesus if you don't follow all these rules. They're, they're worshiping something other than Jesus. They're essentially what Paul is saying is, you know what, you're chopping yourself off at the head. You're cutting yourself off of the head. And who's the head? Jesus is the head. And the rest of the body is the church. And he's saying, you know what? All you followers, you're alienating everyone. You're going to say everyone else is wrong. You're the only ones that know the church, the truth, because I follow all these rules. And I've been given this special knowledge. What Paul is saying is, you know what? When you do that, you're not part of the body anymore. You're not part of part of this body with Jesus as the head. You've severed yourself. They're cutting themselves off from Jesus. Now think about this. If I, if I come up here and chop my finger off up here, it's going to fall to the pulpit here, and people are going to be grossed out, and there's going to be blood. I'm going to be screaming in pain. But if I just leave my finger laying there unattached from the body, what's going to happen? It's going to die. So when Paul's saying, when you focus on all these rules, you lose focus of Jesus. You lose focus of, uh, you're not focusing on them. You're, you're separating yourselves from the body. You're, as he says, you're severing ties with the body, cutting through what Paul says, the ligaments and the sinew that holds the body together. And then we become alone. Last week we mentioned some storms. We've mentioned storms in life that come our way. And, and trying to battle that alone, trying to be by ourselves and doing that. And that's what he's saying. Is you're, you're on your own. You're not part of the body anymore. You've cut yourself off from Jesus. And when you do that, are these rules, so when those storms come and you're anxious and you have anxiety, these rules help? When you're, when you're maybe depressed, do they help? When you're lost, when you're searching, trying to figure out why I have this emptiness, and you've severed yourself from the body. Does it, do all these rules, are they going to help you at that time? Actually, I, I think they might actually make it worse because they know how you failed. They're going to point out eventually how you fail. But if we stay connected to the head, we stay connected to Jesus, Paul's saying, then we grow. As Paul says, it says we grow as God causes it to grow. And it's not just me growing, it's the body that's growing. We grow together, growing closer to Jesus. 
growing closer to God. Following those rules, all of those rules and that alone, not letting the body, let not in the head, not letting Jesus be part of that, letting the flesh really grow in us, that all those rules that were governed by those rules cause us, we're actually moving away from Jesus. We're not growing. Romans 7, 5 says, For when we are in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore fruit for death. Bore fruit for death. By following these rules and these rules only, we're, we're, we're bearing fruit that's going to lead to death. We can be, come then ruled by the flesh. Because we're trying to grow by growing by all those rules. Not letting Jesus, not letting God grow us. Priding ourselves in our, even our ability to focus, to, to follow those rules. And what our focus is, we are focusing solely on the rules. But instead, if we focus on Jesus and we let God cause the growth in us, and we remain in the body for which Jesus is the head of the body, focusing on Jesus. There's one last question I, I have. Do rules create a permanent change? Can I follow the rules, all these rules? Can I follow all these rules, and will they create a change in my heart? I, I might be able to, to follow them and be very successful in life. I might be able to do it my entire life. But have I really changed? Have I grown closer to God? Have I grown? Do I even learn from following these rules? Sometimes I do. Maybe from the rules I learned something, but most of the time I don't think I, I, I don't. I don't. They might cause me to change when I violate one of them, or if I manage to not violate them, I might change a little bit. But think of things like when you get a speeding ticket. When you get pulled over, you get your ticket, you go through the whole thing, and then like five minutes later, aren't you speeding again? So did I learn anything? Didn't create a permanent change in me. Now, Let's think of something that's pretty drastic, but something like murder or homicide, like that's a rule that most of us are in agree, like, yeah, I'm going to follow that rule. I'm going to follow that rule throughout my life. But again, does following that rule create this permanent change in my heart? Does it create this permanent change in me? What about if we don't actually physically do it, but we think it? We think something. We just don't do it. Does that mean I'm guilty of it? Remember what, some of you are shaking your head because you probably know what I'm going to say next. Matthew 5, 28, what Jesus says about adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. That sounds a little bit convicting to me. That sounds that if I think it, that maybe I am guilty of it. So by having all of these rules, they might keep me from violating these, those rules physically, but mentally... I might think it, and I might be violating them also, because I thought it. Just this week, experienced some people violating some rules. I was driving down 27th Street, and as I'm driving down 27th Street, you know you come to 4th Avenue North, and you can turn left and go towards the metro. So I'm driving, and, and, and I'm, I'm paying attention. Light turns yellow, so I start to slow down, and I'm going to stop. And I notice that there's this lady, she's out in the middle of the intersection, and she's on her phone. Well, she's rule violating, right? Like, there's lots of rules against that. So 
she, because she's on her phone, misses her chance to turn left. Light turns red. She can't get out of there. And so then there's cars coming on 4th that are going to slam into her. And she goes, oh, that's not a good thing. So she starts to back up. Well, she's got like two car lengths to back up. She's got plenty of length to back up. Remember, I'm sitting here watching this whole thing. Soon as she backs up six inches, the lady behind her just honks on the horn. And she is irate and she is mad. Now, other thing, too, is this lady that's honking has nobody behind her. She could also help a lady out, back up a little bit herself, let her get out of this. But instead, so she's honking. The lady backing up is making hand gestures, which I'm not going to make for you. You can figure that out. This goes on and on until... The, the light, she does get out of the way a little bit so people can swerve around her, but this goes on until the light turns green again. Now, when this lady's honking, like I, like I wasn't violating rules, but when she keeps honking, like I'm violating my own physical, my own social rules because I'm wanting to go kill her because I'm like, come on, lady. Now, there was some, some rule-breaking going on mentally. Like, nobody got out of the car. They weren't punching each other. It wasn't things like that. But there was a lot of stuff going on in our heads. In fact, when I started thinking, like, I was guilty of it, too. So none of these rules about traffic, about driving, about even social rules, like making hand gestures at people, it's not a rule that's probably not advisable, didn't keep any of us from doing it. We're all guilty of that. We all violated him that morning. And those rules that we thought of that we go, okay, that's not, do you think that created a permanent change in any of us? Brought us closer to Jesus? In fact, I'm going to say probably went the opposite way because I almost guarantee you that those two ladies went about their day and where they ended up wherever they were supposed to be. And they carried that altercation with them all morning long. They were taking their focus off of Jesus, putting it all on these rules, putting it all on how these people treated, each, treated me. This lady shouldn't have done this to me, and, and I want to make her pay. I don't see Jesus in, her seeing Jesus at all in that, even thinking about Jesus. So let's look at verse 20 to 23 again. It says, So you died with Christ to the eternal spiritual forces of this world. Why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with us are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with all their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body. But the lack, they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Rules leading to more rules. Rules that we pride ourselves in following. Rules that we hold others to that have nothing to do with what Paul is saying when he's saying, having died with Christ. That losing our life to find life in Christ. Rules that we start to worship more than we worship Jesus. Say that again. Rules that we start to worship more than we worship Jesus. Rules, they become our God. Rules, don't, they don't have any eternal value. Rules that Paul says, they're going to perish. Rules that are, they're not made to last. I want you to think about some of these things. These are rules that we, if you're older and like you can, I think you'll, you'll see this. Like rules that, that, these were rules when I was young. Rules like 
sex and gender. Sex and gender, those terms used to be the same. Now they're different. They're changing. Those things, those rules are changing. There's rules on a situation we got going on now, and I'm not going to say one way or the other, but there's people on both sides about rules on immigration. Those things are changing. Just this week, there was a court case that happened. Regardless of where you stand, there are people demanding changes in rules in a courtroom. So rules change. Rules perish. I'm not going to go into detail. I'm not going to discuss one side. We're not. I'm just bringing these up to show you what Paul is saying. Rules change. Rules perish. Rules are not permanent. But what they do is these rules, all of these things I just brought up, they create a lot of emotions in people. A lot of charged emotions. A lot of emotions that I think are derived from the flesh. That the flesh takes over, takes our eyes off of Jesus, and they come all emphasis of this rule or all on this emotion generated from the flesh. Rules that, that try to control the flesh, but really they never will. As I mentioned, this week's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving week. So most of us in this room or a lot of us in this room are going to come Thursday morning go and say, you know, I'm not going to eat that much food. I'm going to control myself this year. I'm not going to eat 50,000 calories. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it this year. I'm not going to eat till I'm sick. Well, they bring out the hors d'oeuvres, and, well, we eat about 10,000 calories there. And so then we start laying on the couch. We're like, oh, I don't feel good. Then someone says, dinner served. We get up, and we eat the other 40,000 calories. And then we're miserable. We just hobble over the couch and we lay down our bellies and I'm dead. <laughs> then somebody says, dessert. It's like, it's like Jesus being risen from the dead. Like we just hop right up and we go in there and we eat a whole bunch more dessert. But the flesh, we're trying to say to the flesh, I'm going to follow this rule. I'm, I'm going to follow this rule of gluttony. I'm not going to follow gluttony. I'm not going to let gluttony win. We're going to make this rule and, and well, we fail. We fail that. The flesh wins. The, those rules, they're going to fail. Now, someone else might be, you might be have self-control. You might be that person. And you're going to go and you're going to say, yep, I'm not going to eat all that food. And you do it. And so you're sitting there and you just eat a little bit. And while everybody else is dying on the couch, or looking at you and you're full of energy. You go, yeah, look at me. Like, you guys, you're not rule followers. I am. Look at me. Again, that pride comes up. And then these people start going, oh, look at you. You're, oh, you're so wonderful. Oh, you're so, how can you do that? How can you? Well, they start worshiping you. And this entire time as I'm, I'm this person that's going, oh, look at me. I'm so, I can have such great, so I can follow all these rules. In the meantime, your flesh is going, I'm hungry. Feed me, man. Feed me, feed me, feed me. So we have this rule. These rules are going on over the only way that we can be victorious from what Paul says is, is when we die to Christ, when we become obedient to Christ. Romans 6, 7 tells us, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Paul's saying when you church of Colossae, 
you church of Hope Center, you church of the entire body that's the church that has taken up their cross and followed Jesus. All of you, you died to sin that day. You're no longer confined to these, this bunch of rules. But you receive freedom, freedom that Jesus gave you, freedom that gives you by changing your heart. So he said last, change us from the inside, creating this permanent change, creating this change that we're no longer ruled by the flesh, rules that, that are for humans to control the flesh, and they fail. That when the rules fail, when those rules fail, this failure shows us our need. It shows us our need for Jesus, a need for Jesus who's going to give you freedom. 2 Corinthians 5.17, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So are rules bad things? No. Rules, in general, are good. They provide safety for us. They protect us. They keep us from harm. But there are times when those, those rules, I think, they're made to be broken. And I think Jesus broke those rules. He didn't come to dwell with us, to live with us, to walk with us, to even die for us, to forgive us our sins by creating more rules for us to follow. He didn't come to do that. Jesus even broke, he broke the rule of death. Jesus, is, Jesus isn't dead anymore. He rose from the dead. Jesus is alive. Jesus came to break the rules and provide us freedom from the rules. Because the rules, they were never going to solve that problem. They were never going to solve the problem of our sinful nature coming from the flesh that these rules were trying to control. Jesus came to die for us, to provide us freedom. Freedom that whoever believes in him, you're going to receive forgiveness. Forgiveness for all that rule-breaking you've done, all the rule-breaking you will do. That whoever believes in him, you're going to have freedom. You're going to have freedom from those rules, and you're going to have eternal life. Because Jesus didn't come to condemn all of us by break, for breaking rules. Jesus came to give us freedom. Freedom from the rules. That Jesus causes permanent change, not the rules. So you want freedom? These are the words of Jesus. This is what Jesus told us. John 8, 31 through 32. If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the truth, the truth that's going to set you free. Let's pray. Lord, I just... The freedom that we can get from you. Lord, these rules that... that rules in, in by themselves, you know, they're not bad. They keep us from harm. But they are, they're the shadow. They're the shadow of who you really are, Lord. And, and right now, you're alive. You rose from the dead. You, you conquered that rule of death. 